Hi. Thanks heaps for listening to our show. If you haven't already, we'd like to ask that you please rate and review us on iTunes and subscribe if you want to keep up to date with our episodes. If you don't use iTunes, any ratings and feedback on whichever podcast app you use is always appreciated. If you want to donate to the show and get a shout out plus any extras like outtakes, then please head on over to our Patreon page for more information. You can also send your questions, theme or animal ideas, animal or idiot of the week stories to animals at gmail.com. We of course would also love to hear what your favourite animal is and why. Alternatively, you can leave us a voicemail on Skype by adding our email address. We'll get back to you as soon as we can and you may even feature in one of our episodes. That's all for now. We hope you enjoy the show. An idiot's guide to animals. I'm Kirsten. I'm Adam. I'm Rich. And this is episode 25. Yeah. How many weeks is that, Adam? Oh, 50. Yay! Pretty good because we do it every fortnight, so you just yep. times it by two. Some, I messed up sometimes, not very good at maths, but we think we need timesing stuff by two, though. You're okay at Okay at, yeah. <laughs> I'm not bad at that. And you're pretty good at um, measuring things with a 30 centimeter ruler. Mm-hmm. I can do that. That's good. It's mm. the best measuring device, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really get any better. Because people know they can imagine <laughs> that's about a 30 centimeter ruler length. Yeah. yeah. I have difficulties imagining like lengths and yeah. distances and stuff 30 like that. 30 centimeters is a good one to imagine, mm-hmm. though, because everyone had one as a kid. Yeah. Mm. What if they didn't and they were real cheap and they just had a 15 centimeter one? They don't deserve to <laughs> know how to measure them. Not worthy. Their parents obviously didn't deem measuring good enough for them. Right. No. So what's our theme today, guys? Or oh, Rich, seeing as you're our theme master. Um, the theme, theme master's a word, he does nothing. The theme? <laughs> oh, wow, that's quite helpful. <laughs> true, you've written, like, fairly you've true, written two post-it notes worth of notes. Yeah. This yeah, well, it's, all up, it's all up here, mate. In 50 weeks, you've written two post-it notes worth of notes. Yeah. And that's it. It's in my head. Like, I don't oh, we did do I'm like a little sure. A5 sheet. Of, Isn't he supposed of, to do something? Yeah, well, an A5 sheet. The yeah. smallest bit of paper you can write. <laughs> I bet Kirsten even wrote them up there, didn't you? Kirsten. Yeah. Yeah, Rich. Yeah, but I compiled the list. No, you didn't. No, yeah, no, I didn't, didn't did. do that either. And um, weren't you going to do like a chart for us, like about all your different oh, classifications? Well, yeah. Yeah, all the promises though. Yeah, well, we were going <laughs> to sit down and do it together. But... Were we? Yeah. No, you were trying to rope Carly into doing it with you. Oh, oh that's Carly. Carly said she was going to help me. It's not Carly's so... fault. No, it is. It's, it's not entirely Carly. your <laughs> okay, fault. It's not. You can draw. Actually, can I show you a picture? No, I, I can't. I really can't draw. Can I show you? <laughs> I'll show you a picture I drew today. You'll be impressed. I drew it on a mango. Well, I actually. <laughs> Probably not. There's a difference between impressed and amused. <laughs> amused, not impressed. <laughs> can you put that on our Instagram, please? <laughs> so, today, while at work, Adam drew a picture on a mango. I suppose I can. Can I send it to you? Do you want to do it? Can you just put it on Instagram? <sighs> I don't remember. How? <laughs> Fine, just send it to me. Did you eat the mango? Nah, I didn't. Couldn't bear eat that little guy. Bear to eat that little guy. I just said I couldn't bear eat that little guy. <laughs> you, you did say that. I was going to gloss over it. But... No, it's fine. I <laughs> no. heard it and I was like, oh, fall down. Anyway, I was going to say something. You were going to say the theme. Is it on mm. the board? It is on the board. It is one of the ones on the board. I know what it is. I just can't. Oh yeah, that's the word. <laughs> okay. Symbiosis. Mm-hmm. I just forgot the word, which means animals that. I have oh it's a I don't know the definition but in this case it's animals that help each other basically not of the same species. Well, they don't they don't have to be helping each other. It's different so, relationships. It's yeah, like so you can have a mutualistic, mutualistic one where they both benefit. Mm-hmm. Oh, or just one does. No, or just one does. Mutual. There's mutualistic is that they both benefit. Yeah. And then there's one where they only one benefits and one doesn't change. And there's a parasitic where they one benefits and one yeah. suffers. Oh yeah. They're the main three. I think yeah. they can be broken down further, though. <coughs> What's the one called where... So, I think mutualistic is they both benefit. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one. What's Com- it? Start to see? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I thought. And it can be obligate, which mm-hmm. is they have to have that relationship, otherwise they won't survive. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. facultative. Mm. What? Facultative. 
I'm not sure how you say that word, but basically they can take it or leave it. Yeah, there's also, it's just a I think an example of it is kind of like um, a squirrel in a tree. So the tree doesn't gain any benefits, but it doesn't lose anything from the squirrel living in it. Yeah. Does it not gain anything? Mm, um, depends on what. It depends spreading, whether spreading the, the squirrel... Acorns. Well, it depends... Well, that's if it's an oak tree, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. But if it's living in a different tree, it might not be feeding mm. on that tree. So yeah, so symbiosis and that theme was sent in to us a while ago now, I think, by our listener Lucy. So Good thank you Lucy. very much for that. Le- juicy Thanks. Lucy, as we like to call her. <clears throat> Do we? Um, nope. No, that's just you. I'll she never. could be very juicy, but we're I've not here. Seen her, we're not actually. here to judge. Have we seen her? I don't think we've seen her. Well, How she's would probably seen her? in the UK, so unless I, I could have walked past her and not even known. You haven't yeah, been stalking have. her as well, have you? I haven't stalked any of them. <laughs> Any yeah. of our listeners, you if haven't stalked them. you could see them. the look on his face, you'd be very worried if you were a listener. <laughs> <laughs> so talking about weird nicknames, shall we thank our patrons? Oh, great. Be rude not to. This is my favourite part, because I always remember them. Well, shall I give Drunken you... Bear. Yeah? Callum. was Drunken Bear. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. You know. Is this all of them? The Killer McMillan. So for the Sophie, Killer McMillan, the killer yeah. McMillan. Um, is there a princess? There's a lady. A lady Georgia, that's yeah. right. Lady Georgia. Oh, shit. There's a mad, mad, mad guy. Mad guy, sorry. Yeah. yeah. And then, so they're all our trainee zoologists, mm. but we've also got them. They've two... done really well, actually. I think we could promote them. Oh, yeah. So full-time zoologists. <laughs> <laughs> we've right. also got two animal addicts. Ooh. One of whom we work with. Mm-hmm. Lauren the Queen G. That's right, Lauren the Queen G. And Will M. the Conqueror. <laughs> That's the best one, actually. I love that nickname. So thanks, guys. Lauren McQueen G. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. And I put up a poll today. No, you did. Um, I did. I put up a poll on our Patreon page well, asking our seen it. patrons which of our animals we should bring back for the bonus episode. The bonus episode. The um, honey badger or the sand bubbler crab had one vote so far it's at the sound of the crowd <laughs> did she you came vote? running in early it was like i've got a vote <laughs> <laughs> so one of our other listeners jonathan has sent in a video mm. which i thought you guys would like especially rich is it something cute yeah, oh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's from a facebook <laughs> it's from Woo-hoo. it's from a facebook page called aminal memes made by burb loving teens mm. Sounds oh. good. I'm in. And it's just some hecking lovely burbs. So um, I'll try and share this on our social media as well. I'm just going to get Rich's reaction to this and Adam's reaction if he's Is not too sound? negative. Don't oh. <laughs> I'll see that one. Yeah. So what do you want to say what birds they are as well? I, I don't That's know a mass love bird. The first one was a sun conya. He's doing a bit of Irish dancing. Is that oh, yeah. he's, he's got a gift. This is a cockatoo. What sort of cockatoo? He's Not a soft fluffed one. up. It's like a... Yeah, he looks like he's going to attack. Oh, shit. <laughs> Fail. This is one of those ones. A woodcock. A woodcock. Yeah. They do the funny little bobby walk. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty like, funny it's to see bit, them. Really silly. There's a reason why they do it. I've forgotten, though. Isn't it to, like, oh, find the worms Another cockatoo. And he's uh, yelling <laughs> into a cup. <laughs> uh, manically laughing. Oh, hello. <laughs> Whoa. He's crazy. metal. He's metal. Here we go. Oh, we know this guy. No yeah. right. Which do you remember this guy? Oh, what's we've his done name? it. I know we have. He's cool. It's a Victoria's rifle bird. Oh yeah, this guy. Oh shit. He says Christ. He's getting into the camera. It's a cockatiel, and he's absolutely smash headbanging that thing. How does he flick his head so fast? There's another cockatiel. Here we go. Oh, hello, another cockatiel. Lots of cockatiels. Just dancing in front of the mirror. And whistling in tune, too. Here we go. Oh, Rich, that smells disgusting. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. Don't lift your bum. (laughs) This is my favourite. Yeah. It's another type of conya, I believe. He's just bobbing around. So, do you have anything you'd like to say to Jonathan for sending us that? No, thanks, Jonathan, for sending us that. That was cool. Just cool. Brought us all together. (laughs) <laughs> what does adam think adam's broken no, he's no, just gone to a 
a happy place. You know, they say you say you're fine and then you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, I do like that video. I've I like all before, those um, little animal videos. Actually. I've yeah. seen it before, though. So. I watch oh, a lot of bird videos. Negative. <laughs> I actually really love the one where it's like that parrot is like, let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah. <laughs> let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and he probably screams so it, awesome. doesn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> How many times does that person listen to that song for that bird? Yeah, that's... Yeah, too many times, I think. Yeah, it's funny when the bird knows all the lyrics to a song. It's Mm -hmm. like, how many times has it heard that? Mm -hmm. So either it's poor bird because they've made it listen to it that many times, or the person's insane and they've listened to it that many times. I think that's both, isn't it? Poor bird on both counts. True. (laughs) Yeah. So do you guys have any news? Um, I've been trying to get Rich to watch birth videos. Yeah, I watched one earlier. Wish I hadn't. Why no, are you trying seen, to? Because he before. has to get involved. Yeah. Everyone knows what a birth video is. Like everyone knows how women give birth. Yeah, but yeah. you have to but see you don't it. Sit and, and watch be prepared. It for fun and I'm, different th- I'm versions. sure he's going to be prepared. Like, yeah, I well, saw this now one. Now he's more prepared. I saw this. Not. I saw this one. I just watch him out of curiosity. <laughs> yeah, he just likes vaginas, and they're on there. So. <laughs> but I saw this one, and she like was in the wilderness and like over a stream, and she was giving birth. So yeah. Is that this weird. little like stream of water and they're like in the dirt and that and she's giving birth and she's That's like it's the most healthy. natural bear. I was like yeah, dirty. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty gross. Yeah, it, I don't know. I'm actually not that affected by them. No, it was fine. The worst bit was when they just like the baby was trying to yeah. come out and it was stretching <laughs> stuff a bit and they were like oh we'll just we'll just slice that. Oh, that's the yeah. I I don't like. Oh, did you need? Why to would do you that? scare yourself like that for? Because I need to know what's coming. You could have read about it. Yeah, but it's different to seeing it, isn't it? Was, it? She made me yeah. what, sit and watch one this yeah. afternoon. They split you and then I'm, you got dramas and then... Yeah. The placenta is pretty big. Yeah, that surprised me actually. I've seen yeah. births of like the babies coming out and stuff before, but I haven't seen them like pull the placenta and stuff out afterwards. Are you going to eat it? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. He's, no. he's lying. Like Tom Cruise. There's a lot of nice oh. things to eat in the world and that isn't really high on the list of them. How do you know? If it was, people would be eating them. People do eat them. More yeah, people more would people. be eating them. Tom Cruise. It would be a delicacy rather than... I reckon oh, just because Tom Cruise does it doesn't make it he right. He does a lot of shit that I definitely won't be doing. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> jump on Oprah's chair either. I'm pretty much... If he did it, probably won't do it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> do you want to do your animal? Yeah. Oh, yeah, shit. My animals. Uh, I, I started to feel a bit sick then, sorry. <laughs> do you want to move probably... on very quickly? <laughs> yeah, probably move on. From All right, end. listen up, Giron. I've written here. Today is an interesting topic. We're going to be focusing more on the relationship between two animals rather than the animals themselves. Let's see, I've got a little explanation. The two animals that I'll be focusing on are the coyote and the American badger. Mm. What? Oh. These two animals help each other out by hunting together. So first I'm just going to give a brief description of each animal and then we can go into their relationship. So I'll get to pretty brief today. The coyote is a canine native to North America. It's widely distributed and abundant throughout North America, southwards through Mexico and into Central America. The species is versatile, able to adapt and expand into environments modified by humans. Due to its large geographic range and its ability to adapt, it is listed as least concern on the IUCN. The coyote is also enlarging its range, with coyotes moving into urban areas in the eastern US. It was sighted in eastern Panama, across the Panama Canal from their home range, for the first time in 2013. So they're just like moving around, okay. kicking out, living life, having a great time. <laughs> why, um, do we know why they weren't that far before? Probably because people have like encouraged them to keep moving. We're just, mm. They're just living in urban areas now, so I'd say that people have provided food in areas there wasn't food before, and so we're just extending their range. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. There are 19 different subspecies of coyotes, and depending on where it's found, it's um, it has an impact on the size, with northern subspecies growing larger than southern subspecies, which is, like, probably due to, you know, the weather. So, generally, yeah, the larger they are, like, temperature, you know, blah, 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 all that sort of shit. Yeah. You know that? You know that? So, the larger they are, you know, it's usually colder and that, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the, and the hotter it is, the smaller they are. Yeah. It's all about expending energy use and stuff like that. It affects like litter sizes and stuff as well. Is it also to do with like body heat as well? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. For some, because you have a, if you're large, you have a smaller surface area to your volume. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, northern subspecies growing larger than southern subspecies. Coyote males average 10 to 20 kilos or females average 8 to 18 kilos. Body length of a coyote ranges on an average from 1 to 1.35 meters and tail length 
of 40 centimetres with females being shorter in both body length and height. The largest coyote on record was a male killed near Afton, Wyoming on November 19th, 1937. Um, and he was like 18 kilos. I didn't actually write that down, but I do remember reading it. And I think he was like 18 kilos. Okay. He was a big, big, big sucker. Yeah. Oh no, it was bigger than that. He was 21 kilos, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, it was bigger. I do remember the color and even the texture of the coyote's fur varies somewhat geographically. The hair, um, its pre- predominant color is light gray and red or fulvous. I'm not sure what fulvous is, but I thought it was an interesting word. How do you spell it? F-U-L-V-O-U-S. I'll keep reading while you're looking for that. Interspersed around the body with black and white. Uh, coyotes living at high elevations tend to have more black and gray shades than their desert-dwelling counterparts, which are more fulvous or whitish gray. So maybe that's what it is. <laughs> whitish gray. Reddish yellow reddish or yellow. tawny. Oh, there you oh, go. Okay. So fulvous is reddish yellow or tawny. The coyote's fur consists of short, soft underfur and long, coarse guard hairs. The fur of northern subspecies is longer and denser than in southern forms, with the fur of some Mexican and Central American forms being almost bristly. Generally, adult coyotes have a sable coat, dark neonatal coat color, bushy tail with an active violet gland. And the violet gland is that gland that's under the tail, and it's oh, like the yeah. scent gland. Yeah. And a white facial mask. I did read something interesting which I didn't write down as well. Apparently, they, they like interbreed with wolves like quite regularly. I was going to ask that, yeah. yeah. And um, apparently, a, a majority like there's quite a great number of like wolves out there that live in the range that have some coyote DNA in them. Yeah. Pretty crazy. You know? So it I, I works was... then. What was that? It works. Yeah, yeah, it works. They can freely interbreed. Both, yeah. oh, both ways as well. Both ways, yeah. Yeah. All right, that's pretty much sums up the coyote. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the American badger. The American badger is a badger found in North America. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up for anyone who was confused. I lo- yeah, I know. Yeah, pretty good, eh? It's a member of the mustelid, a diverse family of carnivorous mammals that also includes the weasel, otter, ferret, and wolverine. The American's badger's habitat is open grasslands, as this is where their preferred prey lives, such as, you know, mice, squirrels, and groundhogs. The species prefers areas such as, like, prairie regions with sandy loam soils where it can dig. More easily for its prey, there are four recognized subspecies in southwest US and northern Mexico, and the ranges of subspecies overlap considerably, with intermediate forms occurring in the areas of overlap. The American badger has most of the general characteristics common to badgers with stocky and low-slung bodies with short, powerful legs. They are identifiable by their huge foreclaws, measuring up to 5 centimeters in length, and distinctive head markings. Measuring generally between 60 and 75 centimeters in length, males of the species are slightly larger than females. They may attain an average weight of roughly 6.3 to 7.2 kilos for females and about 8.6 kilos for males. Northern subspecies are heavier than the southern subspecies. Except for the head, the American badger is covered with a grizzled brown, black and white coat. Of coarse hair or fur, giving almost a mixed brown tan appearance. The coat aids in camouflage in grassland habitat. Its triangular face uh, shows a distinctive black and white pattern with brown or blackish badges, they call them. Mm. So that's the side, things on the side. Marking the cheeks and a white stripe extending from the nose to the base of the head. And in subspecies, the, the stripe can ex- will extend like from the nose all the way across the, down the body sort of thing. It's to pretty cute. To the base cute. of the tail. Yeah, they're pretty cute. They're awesome little badger. So I'm going to go into the now the relationship that coyotes and badgers... Because this is actually all new to me. I didn't even know this was, this mm. existed. Which is, I think it's pretty awesome. Like I just started searching stuff and I was like, what? Coyotes and badgers? Yeah, I quite liked this theme as well. I can I hang out. Excited, yeah. What the hell? So the first people to recognize this relationship between badgers and coyotes were Native Americans. They learned that they help each other find and trap food. This partnership is quite bizarre considering coyotes hang out in loose family units or lead solitary lives. They rarely hunt in packs. Now, this being said, coyotes and badgers have very similar diets and they're in direct competition for a lot of their food sources. Their natural prey consists of carrion, small rodents, prairie dogs, ground squirrels, and rabbits, um, amongst other small mammals and, you know, yeah. But they'll also eat insects, frogs, snakes, and sometimes fruit if there aren't any other foods available. I think they're predominantly carnivorous, so they don't yeah, want to eat Yeah, but they'll fruit. have whatever's available yeah, exactly. if they're struggling. Really, yeah. yeah. It is these similarities which will probably push the two to hunt together. So Okay. That, and because where they do this behavior, where they hunt together, that's actually in like grassland or these deserts where there's actually not much cover. Oh, so okay. it doesn't provide the right things for like stealthy hunting. So like coyotes can, like, can't hunt as effectively, you know, like in prairie dogs and groundhogs and yeah. stuff. They're like see really good at away. like, see, yeah, see yeah. from miles away, yeah. Both badgers and coyotes have different hunting styles, which, you know, they both have their pros and cons. Like coyotes are a lot faster and are able to chase down their prey when it's out in the open. They better eyesight and are able to spot prey more easily. Badgers, on the other hand, are better diggers and they have more acute sense of smell, being able to locate prey underground more easily. If a coyote goes on a hunt alone, the prey arm can quickly dart into its burrow 
and it's safe from the coyote as coyotes have a hard time digging in the soil to get to the prey. It's the opposite for badgers. When a badger hunts, it sniffs out its prey item, locates the burrow and excavates it to grab the prey item. But the risk is the prey will escape through the back door, essentially, you know. Right, they got okay. like that escape tunnel yeah. usually. And avoid capture from the badger, as badgers are slower, you know, so they can't run as fast yeah. as coyotes, obviously. Coyotes and badgers also have the added disadvantage of little to no cover in certain habitats where this partnership is used. You know, for example, the prairies or grassland that they those prairie dogs and stuff live in. Mm-hmm. Or desert areas where it's just fields of grass or sand and, like, small shrubs and stuff, you know. Yeah. This gives their prey more of an advantage as they're able to see a predator coming from miles away and dart into their burrow for safety. Now, this is where the ingenious partnership comes to play. When coyotes and badgers team up, the pairs track small burrowing animals. The coyote or badger will locate the prey, whether it is by sight or by scent, and both the badger and the coyote will set off together. The coyote will make chase uh, with the badger following behind. The prey item will see them coming and dart into the you know, perceived safety of its burrow. Um, this is when the badger takes over. The badger will start to dig at the main entrance of the burrow. Meanwhile, the coyote is waiting at the back door. And all just like chilling out the top sort of thing. Yeah. When the prey is set to flee, it flees out the back door and into the mouth of the coyote pretty much. So So is it one coyote and one badger? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or oh, it could buddies. go the other way. The prey could notice a coyote and then hesitate and be snatched up by them. It's a fart. Sorry. It's been stinking too, mate. Oh, sorry to interrupt that one. That's all right. Um, anyway, it could go the other way. The prey could notice a coyote, then hesitate and be snatched up by the badger. You know, because it could see the coyote out there not want to go out the back door, but the badger's right behind yeah, it anyway. So, so they've got it trapped. And so depending on the prey's action, depends on who gets the reward. So whether it's a mutualistic or not, they don't really know because it's either mutualistic or oh, that so second they don't, one. Uh, the commensalism one. Yeah, they don't share the food once they get oh, it. Oh, okay. So it's whoever gets it first is like... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's either... I guess because the small prey items, then they'll be... Yeah, there's only like so generally one in there. Yeah. Or, you know, like there might be a couple, like there might be babies or something. They might get a feed. But that's why they, they don't really know if it's like mutualistic or if it's the... What, what was it? Mm, the commensalism, I think. Commensalism. Yeah, that is it, I think. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, there was a study done in 1992 at the University of California's Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, which confirmed that coders and badgers do in fact hunt together. So like Native Americans knew that for ages. But yeah. White didn't, people decided in 1992 that they'd, they'd get yeah, out. Oh, fuck that. Oh, no way. It's crazy. So, yeah, nine, in 92 decided to do some studies and they found out they do hunt together. Yeah. yeah amazing. <laughs> Interestingly, though, you're far more likely to witness coyotes seeking out food alongside badgers than hunting with other coyotes. That's what they, dis- they discovered Ooh, okay. um, in these yeah. habitats, I'd assume. I wouldn't imagine, like, when they share habitat zones, like, I can't imagine. Yeah. I mean, you might do, like, in the city, you might like, see this badger and coyote, like, randomly hunting around, but. I think it only really occurs in these grassland or desert habitats where... There's probably not as yeah. much benefit in those other no, areas exactly. where they yeah. can well, could, hide. And I don't, just don't understand why the coyote couldn't just dig it out as well. He's, I think I know the badger's just more effective at it. But I mean... He could, but I think by the time could, the coyote gets down there and starts the to dig, the prey's already... No, I mean, but two working together Oh yeah, in I the guess same so. manner. Probably could, but I think that's... You know, they don't really hunt together. Yeah, that's mm. what I find strange. Like, they could mm. hunt together and it could work. Nah, they'd rather hunt with the badger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's not cool, like a, it's a, not a choice thing, though. I, I, no, it, it's it not. It all just happened by chance. And it's just and worked. The ones, yeah. the ones that happen to do that well, more. Yeah. Well, here we go. It says, not only do they find food together, but coyotes also have more success in this partnership than if they go it alone. Yeah. So coyotes were, with badger cohorts catch an estimated one-third more ground squirrels than solo coyotes. Yeah. It's not saying it's an unusual pair of friends as such. Instead, it... It just boils down to the saving energy, like yeah. And um, I imagine if it's yeah. two coyotes, that like they'd fight probably. They fight, would yeah. fight for the food as well. Yeah, true. Yeah, so badgers. So I don't know what prevents them from trying to steal the badgers' food. I think or? it's just kind of like I just think it's whoever like gets yeah. it. First. Yeah, maybe they do fight, but maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe like whoever grabs it first runs away. Then and yeah, that's it yeah. Sort of thing. But there is like coyotes will sometimes hunt badgers as well right, and like okay. all badger young and stuff like that so there is still some sometimes they'll yeah. eat each other and probably they do fight in those ones yeah. but then they probably works out that now he's not hunting as efficiently so it's like damn it i killed them yeah know, yeah so the negatives will yeah. probably outweigh yeah uh, the benefits if, if it kills the badger yeah it might be hard to kill the badger it's probably oh, too yeah, much it'd be, yeah badgers are pretty like but these, these are quite you a lot see smaller between, but yeah. Um, canids yeah. like food aggression is pretty bad it's pretty so. rough yeah. yeah yeah whereas maybe a badger will just be like oh well i missed it yeah not a big deal yeah. i'll go to the mm. next hole you know badgers and coyotes conserve energy by sharing the workload of trapping elusive and fast moving prey yeah it's more about taking advantages of each other's strengths as i mentioned before coyotes have keener eyesight for spotting prey than badgers 
On the other hand, badgers can sniff out prey underground. Badgers also take advantage of the way prey items behave when a coyote is patrolling the area. Mm. Rodents may stay inside their underground tunnels for protection, giving the badger more opportunity to locate them. Yeah. So that's how the badger, you kind of, you know, kind of might seem like the badger loses out most of the time because he's like digging and it escapes the back door and he doesn't. But I think the prey acts differently when coyotes are like looking. Yeah. So okay. badgers can use that opportunity to get more. Of a I mean, they're probably, they're not going to mm. be thinking that they're working together. They'll be out for themselves. So like a badger might go. Or just I'm going so, to tag yeah. along with the coyote. The coyote seem prey. I've got an opportunity to get yeah. something here, and the same. It just so versa. happens that it works. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and it just so they're just competing with each other. Yeah, that's that's what they found out. They're not like they don't actively become friends, and they're like, no. yeah. <laughs> I'd so, like to think that. They yeah, do. of course. <laughs> Is it the same partners the whole all the time? Do they mix and match? Badges? Didn't say anything about that. I think it's just opportunistic, really. Yeah. Like I think they, they, I think like you said, like a coyote or a badger will see each other and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to join in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Do you have any questions, Richard? Yeah, I've got yeah, something I wanted to show you. Um, yeah. Let's see if I can find it again. About symbiotic relationships. I don't know if you found it as well, but it was like, oh, it's fucking so funny. You went to the darker part of the internet, did you again? These, All right, these are some of the ones that I thought was like, this sounds weird. Sounds like a joke. One, pelicans and rattlesnakes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Is it the weird Yeah, one? pelicans, deep, moist throat pouches can provide safe shelter for Click up to a hole, dozen rattlesnakes. It? Yeah. At a time, the rattlesnakes return the favor by shedding their skin in the pelicans' mouths, which the pelicans then regurgitate onto the windshields of cars as a way of impressing potential mates. <laughs> Two, chimpanzees and bees. In the Amazon rainforest, a chimpanzee will stand guard over a beehive by hiding in the bushes with a revolver. If a bear or, the, or other predator tries to attack the beehive, the primate will run out of the bushes with the revolver and shoot the attacker. In return, the bee stings the chimpanzee's lips. All day long, making it slip swollen and beautiful. <laughs> I did see this Three. website. It's good. Outer gorillas and inner gorillas. I don't know. <laughs> Among the most beautiful symbiotic relationships is the pairing of the outer gorilla and the inner gorilla, which begins when the inner gorilla slithers into the outer one through its oral or rectal cavity. The powerful leathery outer gorilla provides protection from predators, obtains foods, and manages social interactions among the troop. While the soft, pale inner gorilla secretes a nutrient-rich paste that keeps the outer gorilla vigorously... Vigorous and healthy, if separated, neither would survive for long. <laughs> Jockeys and horses. The horse allows the jockey to use it as its principal means of acquiring nutritious cash, while the jockey plugs the foot-wide hole on top of the horse that would otherwise leave it vulnerable to cats that want to climb inside and devour its guts. <laughs> Komodo dragons and ants. Komodo dragons have long depended on ants to build conical anthills atop their heads, which they use to create the illusion that they're wearing party hats. <laughs> thereby tricking other wildlife into thinking it's their birthday. In exchange, the Komodo dragon lets out a shrill, sustained scream for dozens of hours on end, a noise without which ants cannot sleep. <laughs> corn and farmers. Over millions of years, corn and farmers have evolved an intricate symbiotic relationship. The farmer plants the corn, and in exchange, the corn protects the farmer from predators such as bears. <laughs> and then finally, a snake helps a wolf... A oh, snake and a wolf. A snake helps a wolf find old cans. A wolf helps the snake learn to swim. Without each other, they are dead for sure. <laughs> I was like starting to read it. I'm yeah, like, yeah, I started to read it. I was like, pelicans and rattlesnakes. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, 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 it's fucking strange. But yeah, that's um, that's the end. Yeah, that was good. Well. <clears throat> All right, your turn. Yeah, you ready for my animals? Oh, oh I'm so ready. Born ready. My clue: one of the animals is a fish, mm. and it's it part. And it partners up with arguably one of the loudest creatures in the sea. If Carly were in the sea. Like, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Can we get in trouble? I will get in trouble for that one, I think. Um, mm. What's the loudest? A whale? No. It's pretty loud. Mm-hmm. Little bird? It's a little bird. Oh, think about it. It's a tight... Um, I'll tell you the order it's in. It's in the order Decapoda. I don't know what that is. You know what that is from uh, Moana. I refuse to learn. From Moana? <laughs> yeah. Mm. So shiny. A clam. Did Not did a clam. Did 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 what was this? Tur- turtle? <laughs> no, what's the shiny? I don't remember. Yeah, he's got little pincers. Like, he was like oh, a crab, wasn't he? Is he a crab? crab yeah. yeah, but it's not a crab. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not lobster. Um. It, so I'll tell Shrimp. you what it is. Yes. <laughs> so, Why is that the loudest? Well, I'll tell you. So, this is a relationship between shrimp gobies and pistol shrimp. So, the pistol shrimp, they're in phylum arthropoda, class Mm -hmm. Malacostraca, order Decapoda, like my sand bubbler crab. 
Uh, Please vote for me. Oh, <laughs> but I did a badger today, a really cool badger, so also vote for me. <laughs> They're in the family Alpheoidea, which are the snapping or pistol shrimp. These shrimp have one larger modified claw, and when I say larger, it's over half its body length generally, mm. which rapidly closes in defense, and it can jet water up to 100 kilometers an hour. And the sound that makes sounds like a gunshot. So the noise of that snap can reach up to 220 decibels. So to put that into context, the human eardrum will burst at 150 decibels. When scientists have slowed this snap down, there's like a kind of bubble that like goes forward. And there's like a little flash of light as well, which you can only see when it's slowed down. And the temperature of that collapsing bubble is almost the same as the sun's surface. And that's why it's one of the loudest animals in the sea, just because of that little snap. So that's a defense mechanism. So Um, don't put your finger there, then. (laughs) No. They're pretty pretty small. Yeah. There'll still be nothing left of your finger. Yeah. (laughs) Still. So they're similar to mantis shrimp in this way, but um, mantis shrimp are in a different order. So they're in stomatopoda, and they're a lot more feral like they're very <laughs> they're quite aggressive and i think they've got they they tend to like club their yeah. prey what does the mantis the mantis shrimp oh. yeah so the genera that i'm looking at today is alpheus which is the most species rich genera of shrimp there's over 250 species in this genera they are excellent burrowers they prefer lagoons and reef edges and they're perpetually excavating and repairing so they're always moving sand out the way excavating the entrance to the burrow just because of the movement of the water they also utilize like hard rocks and things and they integrate maybe like dead coral and stuff into the walls of their burrows they can be quite complex so they can reach i think it said up to one and a half feet underground and they've they've got branching chambers just, and stuff. just under the seabed yeah yeah, yeah. so they're, they're quite complex so the size of them they're about five to seven centimeters in general and they're almost blind this is a key point they come in a range of colors they eat detritus tiny crustaceans and worms and also things like al- algae in terms of social relationships they're socially monogamous which means that they live together with one partner but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're monogamous sexually Mm. females Mm. are broader and do all the parental care but all the other duties like clearing out the burrows and stuff they're all shared between the the partners oh that's good yep forward thinking shrimps yeah that's what what we want Mm. so the second animal in this relationship is a shrimp goby so they're in the phylum chordata Class Actinopterygii, which are ray-finned fish, which is a class of bony fish. The order Persiforms, which are perch-like fish. Mm. And they're in the family Gobiidae, or Gobiidae. And there's 2,200 species in that family. Most are less than 10 centimetres, but some species reach up to 25 centimetres. There's various genera that I'll be looking at. And there's, well, just because that's what the partnership entails. Yeah, but it's one relationship. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. So they're small, sm- slender, bottom-dwelling fish. They're widespread in tropical and subtropical seas, especially in sandy or rubbly areas. They come in various colours. Again, like the shrimp, they can be quite pretty. And they feed by filtering the sand or stuff in the currents. So they feed on like zooplankton or small animals in the sand. And you'll see them if you're snorkeling or scuba diving. They're often propped up on their pelvic fins just outside the burrows they're pretty cute i get real excited when i see a goby (laughs) so the relationship is a mutualistic symbiotic relationship primarily found in the indo-pacific region and it includes around 20 species in the shrimp genus alpheus which includes the randall's shrimp the tiger shrimp and the golden pistol shrimps and out of all the goby species only around 130 of goby species indulge in this relationship and that's across various genera Um, and that includes the dracula spangle aurora yellow watchman harlequin and wheeler's goby so some gobies will be found with only one species of shrimp others will like take or leave various different ones Mm. which partnerships occur depends on their capabilities so it depends on things like their size so if you've got a bigger species of goby then it will require a bigger burrow so if you've got a smaller species of shrimp it won't necessarily work so each of these species that has this relationship they're very rarely found on their own and that's often quite a temporary situation and the most common situation that you find them in is um with pairs so you'll have a pair of shrimp and a pair of gobies 
in the mm. same burrow. In the daytime, what happens is the goby will hover outside its burrow, watching for predators and feeding whilst the shrimp feeds and maintains the burrow entrance. And all the time it's doing this, they're in constant contact. So how they do this is the shrimp has a really long antenna and it's constantly touching the, the goby's tail. Why? Or it's a pe- oh, not pet they're dolphin. Blind. Yeah, because they're... Because they're almost blind. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I hate if... to be that go be like, oh. get off of me. Why? <laughs> Just always like, don't do it. <laughs> I'll never be like that. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to be like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Stop touching him. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> never get told. <laughs> so when the go be. <laughs> when. <laughs> <laughs> now would they both be touching him like at the same time no no because one oh, shrimp okay. per one shrimp one goby oh yeah okay <laughs> you're my goby i'm not <laughs> no you are i'm not <laughs> you're pretty blind as well aren't you yeah that's nice you can you can be his goby <laughs> she's more blind than me oh shit <laughs> i'm not actually that mad Right, anyway, moving on. So moving on. I've got a long appendage. <laughs> no, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so when the goby sees a potential threat, it flicks its tail around in a ritualized Ooh. manner to let the shrimp know that the shrimp needs to go and hide in the burrow. Is this because the shrimp will get eaten real easy? Yeah. Well, the shrimp's almost blind, so it can't see predators yeah. coming real easy. And if the threat is immediate, so if the predator's close enough to strike... It'll signal really rapidly to the shrimp. Shrimp will go in and then the goby will follow after it. So it can move its tail or dorsal fins in very specific ways. They're highly ritualized, but generally the more flicks that it does and the more intense flicks that it does means the higher the danger level. So over time, as their relationship progresses, maybe the shrimp can kind of learn that it can be more cautious if it's just low-level threats, it's just kind of on edge. It doesn't necessarily need to dart back into the burrow. Interestingly, gobies have not been seen tail flicking without shrimps. If they don't feel the antenna on them, they don't perform that warning behavior. And the shrimp is also able to differentiate warning flicks from the normal movement of the goby. So they're fully aware of each other then? Yeah. 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 And at night time, they rest together in the burrow and the shrimp often seal the burrow shut for protection. Mm. So yeah, the gobies don't really do anything to maintain the burrow or the shrimp does everything. He just uses his eyes, ears pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. So the goby will never go out swimming? Well, with all animals, you've got a range of behaviours. So you'll have bolder animals. So sometimes the goby might be like, oh, I want to go chat up that goby over there, or that looks like an interesting bit of food over there. Like, And those behaviours might last in the wild, but really extreme versions of that behaviour is probably likely to be um, selected yeah. out. So essentially the goby gets a home, the shrimp gets eyes, both of them are protected. And that's also shown by the fact that the pistol shrimp paired with gobies are less noisy when kept in aquariums. So you hear the snapping sound less often. Because the, the shrimp don't feel like they need to defend themselves. Oh, okay. So what's... Back to the shrimp, though. What's the point of having its claw in? Defense. Defense. But if it doesn't need to, because it just hides. It will need to sometimes. Sometimes it will need to. Okay. And yeah, also it's nice. like that might have evolved before it's, it it started... Oh, I feel like it was going to yeah. attack. It still need some sort of defense regardless of whether your antenna's on someone's tail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I should be fine. Because if the goby <laughs> gets eaten, he's in trouble. And like not all of the pistol shrimp do this relationship. Oh, okay. So you might, you might have the ancestor of all the pistol shrimp had this defense mechanism... Mm. And then some of the ones that branched off found another way of protecting themselves as well. Sometimes, as you know, they might keep a big claw even if it's totally pointless. Yeah, exactly. If there's no need to, like, if it's not causing them any negative. It might help in, like, building them as well. Yeah, yeah, because they... they build intricate designs, it might, like, oh, it's a bit too long. (laughs) 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 Or it might might just help them moving the rubble and stuff out of the way and moving bigger rocks and stuff. So uh, there's additional benefits for them as well as the protection. There's feeding benefits for both of them. One place that I looked at online mentioned algae gardens that they have around the burrows. <laughs> I think just because, I think if they're piling rocks up around the entrance, then maybe algae's more likely to grow there. But certainly shrimp will gnaw on local algal growth. 
And um, if they're out on an excursion, <laughs> as mm. with their goby friend, they'll often cut little pieces of algae to take back to the burrow with them. Mm. And this one guy was doing observations in his aquarium and he noticed that the shrimp actually dropped a piece of algae and in the confusion, it lost contact with the goby, so then darted back to the burrow. The goby then went and picked up the algae and then dropped it in the burrow for the shrimp. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the go and the goby did that, and he was like, he kept dropping algae in for it, and the goby kept taking it to the burrow for the shrimp. So the go sometimes the gobies will actively bring food to the shrimp. It's like the, the goby's got a, a special friend who has to stay inside, <laughs> and it's just like you just do the vacuuming and make sure the front door's locked. All right. <laughs> Yeah. That's all you need to do, and I'll look after you. Pretty much, yeah. I'd be stoked for that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you could be the special. No, 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 I don't want to be the vacuum. <laughs> I'll get a wife. No. Oh, steady. Oh, dear. Oh, so, additionally, shrimp may feed on food dropped by the gobies as the gobies are eating, and gobies may filter through the sediment excavated by the shrimps. At least one of the species of shrimp seen in these relationships will also clean the goby itself. Also, in the burrow, gobies are a little bit clumsy, and tunnels can collapse on them because they just, like, go barreling through, not caring. Fucking hell. (laughs) No respect. (laughs) No respect. But instead of panicking when a tunnel caves in on them, they just sit there, and the shrimp smells them and digs them out. He oh. <laughs> says, sorry, little friend, I'll come and get you. He says, they find them by smell and dig them out while the goby waits patiently. <laughs> I've been trapped. Sweet, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang on, yeah. <laughs> so I said quite often they'll live in pairs. Quite heavy. <laughs> so you'll have yeah. a, a mating pair of shrimp and a mating pair of gobies. So both will breed in the burrow as well. So shrimp have special little molting chambers where they molt at night. <laughs> <laughs> go to your molting chamber. I'm sorry. <laughs> or like if they're molting and the goby actually goes like, "What are you doing? Get out of molting! I'm molting! Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I can never unsee that. I can. <laughs> and if they're in good condition, they should breed and molt at the same time. So oh, once oh. they, <laughs> yeah, that's why. Like. I'm sorry. So once it molted, you'll see the shrimp having like a load of eggs on its body. The eggs will hatch after around oh, 10 days oh over, and they'll hatch overnight to avoid predation. And what the shrimp will do is like beat their little their little appendages to like waft them out of the burrow into the plankton. Or the fish, the goby eat them if they don't get out. Uh, no, I don't think they like the shrimp kind of protect them oh, until okay. until they're, they're out. Goby mating is a little bit crazy. <laughs> Oh. unsurprisingly That's given the way that they just move around in the burrow they're just real clumsy they're a bit freaky <clears throat> well they they're just clumsy <laughs> so they start with a wild <laughs> is it in oh stop starting me <laughs> so they start with a wild circular dance Ooh. in an extended side corridor mm. then they stimulate each other head to tail <laughs> Which causes sand and gravel to fall from the ceiling. Oh shit! Which the shrimp then needs to repair. Because <laughs> the gobies don't do any burrowing, the shrimp have to prepare a special breeding chamber for the gobies. <laughs> and Here's prevent, your little sex room. And prevent, <laughs> and prevent collapse of this, yeah. <laughs> of this sex chamber. Here's your reinforced sex room. <laughs> um, the egg strings are then laid off the chamber ceiling and the female will leave and just carry on with her life like eating outside the burrow or whatever. She won't return to the breeding chamber, but the male will care for the eggs. So he'll generally stay there and he'll flap his fins at them and occasionally swim round to oxygenate them. He's a real good dad. And if he has to leave the burrow for every... I don't know why he'd have to leave. He's a fish. It's like... Yeah. Well, he's got jobs to do. <laughs> um, Someone's got to earn the money. He'll kind of... It's the only time he'll do burrowing behaviour, so he'll like push sand to block up the breeding chamber to protect them. But that doesn't make sense to me because the shrimp are really good at burrowing. <laughs> burrowing. Yeah. So if he's trying to stop the shrimp from getting in. Like, what's in there, mate? Not, nothing. <laughs> do you want me to build it? No, it's fine. I've got this door. That's good. You, you've done so much work lately and I just feel like I could make a door for once. You know? Yeah. <clears throat> 
But mo- yeah, yeah, most of the time he'll stay there and he won't let the shrimp anywhere near the eggs. Can't um, go in here. So oh, what if you know? <laughs> no, nothing? It's fine. Is this something? Did you break something? No, no, no. <laughs> just don't go in there. I so, just want to do something myself for once. <laughs> those eggs then hatch at night after seven to ten days. It seems that gobies find shrimp partners by sight, while shrimp find gobies through chemical signals, i.e., smell. So to summarize, this relationship increases the lifetime reproductive fitness for both partners since both receive protection from predators and increased access to food and the goby receives a safe and convenient location for mating one paper i found found a unique case of triple symbiosis between a goby a pistol shrimp and a porcelainid crab so i think just a porcelain a type of porcelain crab. Porcelain. I thought you were saying a something yes, crab. Like, I was like, a porcelain he, crab. He didn't want it. <laughs> a porcelain, <laughs> took him a porcelain into, crab. They took him into porcelain. that sex chamber. And, <laughs> Sharing the same burrow close to reef patches in Indonesia. And I read through it and basically I think the crab was just freeloading. Oh, sounds like it. It was just staying in the burrow. It didn't really give anything back. From didn't eat anyone though. No, it didn't eat anyone, no. That's good. Anyway. Yeah, that's good news. All right. So, do you have any questions, Rich? Um, no, I don't think so. Are you ready to choose a winner then? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Adam's already made the call. Yeah, I already yeah. knew what he was going to pick. The, the fishy and the shrimp. I knew he was going to pick that. I know it. Oh, I know. It's cute. Yeah. They're pretty cute. The badger always loses. I genuinely got <laughs> yeah. like super excited when I found this. So I was like, that's so loses. cool. I actually saw it there and I said, I bet that's what Curse is doing. Yeah, yeah it's so like, cool. I seen I it when it. I was looking for something. I was like, that'd be cool. Because didn't you say you were going to do one with a bird? No, I said I was going to do one with a fish. Oh, I thought you said bird. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said fish. <laughs> I don't know. I might have said bird by accident, but I'm pretty sure I said I'll fish. Have a look. I thought it was bird, and I was like, oh, okay, she's probably doing. Like, I'll have a look because I could swear. Oh, if I put bird, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. You might. You might not. So, what's your reasoning, Richard? Um. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a fish. Yeah. Cuteness, I reckon. Just its cuteness. And the fact that the badger and the. Uh, coyote were eating those cute little squirrels. <laughs> I think you <laughs> fucked yourself over on that. That's <laughs> <laughs> nah, alright. Those little it's just ground nature, squirrels. Just nature, Rich. It's nature. Yeah, well, they can't help it. They it was need... like, and look at these four. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, they they'll were die. cute. They were and, pretty cute, yeah. And then he ate them. Otherwise, the coyote and badger will die. <laughs> You want the cute crime. badger and the cute coyote to die? No, the badger was pretty cute too. Um, do you have any extra stories? Uh, nothing really. Got our chicken underneath the oh. the net. Yeah, in she the can be patch. fucking idiot of the week. Just digging up our vegetables <laughs> and things. How did she? Oh, I still don't even know how she got in there. She got out of her fenced-off area and then into in a netted area. Netted area, and then decided to dig holes. She didn't seem to eat much. Well, you wouldn't know this. <laughs> you wouldn't know what was missing. Oh, there's seven tomatoes missing here. Okay, well, yeah, yeah I don't have any That's idiot stories. Idiots. Well, we had that guy who sent the bird video. Yvette oh, yeah, gave cool. me some criticism today. What criticism did she give oh, me? She's like, when you're doing it, don't make it sound like you're reading off a page. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, but I am reading off a page. I was like, and I said to her, I said, this is, um, like, when I'm reading this stuff, it's the first time I'm reading it, too. So, <laughs> it's really, you know, it's just interesting as I'm reading it, so. No, I don't. I think she's getting bored, to be honest. No. I think that one you did was all right. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good, eh? Yeah. Mm. Well, I reckon, well, because I took her, I take her criticism to heart, you know. I cried about it in the car for a little bit, and then. I can imagine. Anyway. Yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta get going home soon, so fucking hungry. Yeah, I'm not. I'm nice and full. So we've got one more normal episode. You're normal. So. And then we're gonna do our bonus episode where we choose the overall winner for the year. Um, so Adam. <laughs> just Adam. 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 Adam's the top animal. <laughs> I'm the top animal. <laughs> Yeah, if you want to get in contact with us and send us any stories for our last episode. Oh, we'd love stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just anything really. It doesn't even need to be animal related. We honestly <laughs> don't care. Like, I've been trying to yeah, say that from the start. Yeah, just send us anything. I just find it interesting. 
Um, so send those to an idiot's guide to animals at gmail.com or you yeah. can contact us on Skype. You can also find us on the on so, all the socials. All the socials. <laughs> so Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And on Twitter, our handle is at AIGTA podcast. And if you want to leave us a iTunes review, we would very much appreciate yeah. that. Or take a look on our Patreon page and see what we've got on offer there. Also, I'm going to. I was going to say. Yeah. Just give us some tips about band stuff as well. <laughs> That's a good one. Because after this, we're thinking about starting a band. Rich is really keen. He's so stoked for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to. I'm keen too. <laughs> Not really sure what, how to go about starting a band. I've never done anything like this. So. Well, Rich has been in a band before, so I'm sure he'll be able to. You just have to go, let's be in a band, and then you're in a band. Are we in a band already? I reckon we could be. We are. We are. What instruments are you playing again? Guitar, mainly. I play none. Yeah. <laughs> so well. I'm a singer. Play with yourself. Yeah. Maybe that on stage. Gigi Allen did it. <laughs> he was pretty popular. True. Yeah. Sid Vicious. Mm. He was pretty popular. He used to mutilate himself a bit of it. So I'm gonna yeah. put up. <laughs> just ignore so I'm gonna put up. Play an instrument either. They just gave him a bass guitar and did pre-recordings. I was reading about him the other day. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> he did. He like the guys tried to teach him to play bass guitar, but they just they, like could be fucked because like he wouldn't listen. Man, he's just a dick. So I'm gonna put up the rest of the outtakes on our Patreon page. <laughs> And I'm going to see if we can just put up um, the audio of our podcast up on YouTube as well, just all of them, just so they're available once we take our break. So thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you. We won't ever see them. Won't we? Unless they Skype. We'll see them in our minds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Our minds are. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. See ya. Bye.